it's been the word of the year, which is legacy. Um, one that you and I have really latched onto this year. We were talking about it with Chris Bellow on his podcast a couple weeks back on the Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast. Um, and, you know, it's really been on my mind, of course, about building that familial generational wealth. And, you know, so that's, I guess, what's got me looking at the net worth sheet and reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad again and making sure that I'm instilling my kids with the right values, you know, building a, a really great vehicle for our family going forward. We know that building wealth comes from owning businesses and making investments. Yet why still do nearly half of businesses fail in the first five years? And why do others lose it all in their investments? Welcome to the Wealth Watchers podcast, your resource for building a massive net worth. We bring real stories from real people who are experts in business and investing, who will share secrets and actionable strategies to amassing wealth and achieving success. Brought to you by Happy Camper Capital. Now, your hosts, Justin Hoggett and Adam Lendy. Welcome back to the Wealth Watchers Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lendy. With me today is my co-host, Justin Hoggett. Justin, how's it going? Hey, man. Uh, doing really well. Uh, you know, I'll have to admit, it's, it's the heat is killing me and my pocketbook. Oh, the air conditioning bill. The air conditioning bill and the air conditioning units. Like, tell you what, man, it seems like I am having a struggle with the amount of ACs that are going out this year. Well, it's funny because when it was cold, they were getting their lines cut. You were getting your copper stolen. Yeah. And now it's hot. You got them blowing up, huh? <laughs> That's right. Year-round expenses in, in Colorado. Yep. Cold to hot. Oh, man. Yeah, mine's been running nonstop. I don't know. It's just been so dang hot recently. So I'm afraid to see what my next power bill looks like, uh, especially because they switched us to um, demand powering. So like we get charged different rates for on-peak and off-peak hours. So, oof. Yep. And Excel rates are going up, I think, 13% next year. So yeah, something well, to look forward to. Well, we, we could make a whole other topic for another day about energy and <laughs> such too. Um, it was interesting. I actually just had a conversation this morning with somebody from my networking group about solar and uh, you know why we should probably be looking at owning that stuff too going forward. Um, but we're getting totally derailed here, yeah. which I love. Um, and without further ado, kind of want to launch into what prompted this impromptu uh, recording today. Um, gotta love when you reread a book, you know, one you read before and you get a different meaning out of it or a different message each time. And I had one today that was a little bit, uh, a little bit earth shattering, you know, given what we do with wealth watchers, the meetup and the podcast. Okay. So which book is it? Well, I'm rereading, you know, a classic rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki, um, you know, one of the most elementary books about, uh, you know, having a mindset around money and, you know, building wealth. And it smacked me right in the face. It was in, you know, the first, I don't know, I, I don't remember which chapter it was in, but one of the first chapters, and he's talking about what your net worth is. Well, that's ironic because we talk about that a lot. We talk <laughs> about it all the time. We have a net worth tracker. You know, I, I've taught people how to use it and I realize it has a flaw in it. So there's going to be a revision made to that thing because I want to make sure that we're focusing on the right things. All right. So it's been about probably 12 years since I've read, uh, read that book. Uh, definitely probably worth reading again, but I have a lot on the stack, so we'll see when I can get to it. But uh, so, so where are you going with it? What, what, are you, what are you seeing as a change? 
Well, you know, I, I guess I'll just start for those who haven't read it. Obviously, the premise of Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the idea that, you know, Robert Kiyosaki had two people that he looked up to his father's. One was his actual dad. One was his friend's dad. You know, his actual dad was the poor dad, the one who was highly educated, but, you know, worked for worked for the government. And his rich dad was the one who made his money work for him. And, you know, it's kind of the premise of a lot of what uh, Kiyosaki does. But, um, you know, what he mentions in the book is that your net worth is comprised of income producing assets. Right. And, and of course, we talk about it all the time that your net worth is your assets minus your liabilities. Um, you know, but I guess we need to really clarify what an income producing asset is to make sure we're focusing on the right things. Okay. So are you suggesting that, uh, other things you own aren't an asset? Well, you know, that's a great question. So if you've ever had to, if you've ever applied for, you know, anything like maybe a, an unsecured line of credit or, you know, like a commercial loan, um, you know, you have to give a you know, personal financial statement to a bank. And they'll oftentimes give you a template to fill out. And they're asking for stuff on there like cars, make and model, you know, furniture, things like that that you have. And, you know, while some of the things they ask for, like gold and annuities are assets, you know, cars are not, you know, cars are money pits. Generally speaking, I'm spending a lot of money on mine right now as, as well. So yeah, what did that, uh, what, what was the damage on that repair in your truck? Uh, I'm at $3,500 just to make a drive straight. Youch. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the point being, I mean, you know, when that thing was new, it was probably worth twice as much as you could sell it for today. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I always like to say too, and, and maybe I'm eating my own words here a little bit. I don't know. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I always like to say that, you know, your net worth number is your checking out a life today number. You know, like if you're just like cashing out and leaving the casino, you know, what you'd walk away with it. And maybe that is the case. Maybe you start a, a maybe you have an estate sale and a, a garage sale and you get rid of all your stuff and then you walk away with that cash and pay all your bills. And I always like that analogy. I think it's easy for people to visualize, but I guess I don't want people to think that, you know, it's a good idea to pad their net worth with stuff. Well, I, I think that's the important aspect here. I, I would agree that there's assets that um, carry net worth, um, you know, uh, and, and even your car. I mean, if you like look at recently, we've had cars that have gone up in value because of the demand. So, I think there's opportunity there to count that as an asset, but but maybe it's just the focus. And what we're really diving into here is, you know, how to increase your net worth and making sure you're not trapped in the keeping up with the Joneses attitude. You know, I think maybe that's the most important aspect that, you, you know, buying more stuff doesn't make you richer. Definitely. And, you know, this is something interesting that um, even our federal government got right, though, when they look at, obviously, you know, the accredited investor status, um, that it's your net worth of a million dollars, not including your primary residence. And we've recorded on this. We, we had an episode titled, Your House is Not an Asset, you know, so yeah. that's a hard one for people to wrap their head around, because for most people, that is the largest investment they have made in their life, is the house that they're living in. Yeah. And, and Kiyosaki talks about that as well. Right. And the value of your home is important, but it's still a liability because it's not an income producing asset. Right. And you don't ever own it. The government can take it if you stop paying on it. You know, so <laughs> that's 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 a hard one to deal with. But, um, you know, it, it's it's uh, 
it's something to think about because as of course as Kiyosaki mentions, you know, yeah, your your house, you know, your people are taught to trade up and get bigger houses and you know, by by economies of scale, you know, getting that more expensive house by market appreciation, it'll be worth more and more and uh frankly, it's I, it's a liability as you mentioned. It, and it and that's where it belongs. That that's a tough one to explain to people. That's a really tough one. You know, I think it's a lot easier to show the car that depreciates as not being an asset, but uh you know, it's it's just a lot of the other stuff that people get tricked into thinking are are good investments. Like anytime somebody trades a car in and tells me it's a good financial decision, I, I love hearing them try to explain it. But you know, I, I already know in my head what it is, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And I have a neighbor. Hopefully, he's not listening to this, but <laughs> he's buying a new truck as a write off for his business. I'm like, why are you buying a new truck? You're wasting that much extra money. Well, it's a write off. Well, I don't care. You're still buying it. You know, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Just because you get a deduction, you know, doesn't doesn't. I, I don't know. It's just an interesting mindset. Yeah. Well, so what are income producing assets? I mean, what? I guess maybe that's an easier way to start than saying what's not. Yeah. So I think one of the riskier areas, personally, is is stocks. You know, they they can provide dividends. They can uh, increase in value, uh, which would increase your net worth. But definitely probably want a stock that provides dividends. You know, we talk about a lot about real estate on here, obviously, uh, businesses that are run properly producing income. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, now I want to hit on something because it's interesting. You said, of course, one of the riskier stocks and, and I get excited by the word risk, you know, and I think everybody has their own risk tolerance. A lot of people I think are going to hear that though and go, Ooh, is he saying stocks are a bad thing? Cause they aren't. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, diversify is a good thing. Uh, I like real estate a little bit better, just being honest. But, um, you know, I think real estate has been less risk. A lot of people think it's riskier. So um, it's kind of a different mindset that I have versus a lot of other people. Well, and it's interesting, too, because real estate has so many facets to it. And, you know, I think we're we're starting to see some shifts in real estate. And I have some fears for where some asset classes are going to go. Um, I think, you know, we might be seeing a correction coming up soon here in some markets on residential real estate. I think that's I think that's only to be expected with the amount of growth we've had in the past couple of years, um, that if at, at a minimum, we're going to see a plateau, um, you know, and then like some assets in commercial, you know, retail is is a big one that I think is probably going to be taking a hit. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I mean, there, there are a lot of different different classes of real estate that could, I mean, they could pose some risk. You know, you've chosen multifamily, which people always have to have a place to live. And we've picked, you know, RV parks and campgrounds, which are a growing trend right now. But um, really, all of it carries risk. But I guess, you know, I, I'm maybe spinning off here a little bit, but uh, risk is exciting. And if you don't have risk, you know, there's a lot less chance for reward. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, stocks and real estate. What else we got? How about precious metals? <laughs> As income producing? Um, well, they're not maybe directly income producing. You're right. So, yeah, but they, those would fall in the asset category. Those are things that appreciate. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. Investments in business, as you mentioned, of course, are going to be income producing, um, which is kind of what we do. We actually do kind of get the best of both worlds with us with that. You get an investment in business and an investment in real estate. Right. And, and I guess... That is all, uh, it's all encompassing, meaning uh, business. I mean, that can mean a lot of different things, right? I mean, we've had people on 
the show that have talked about Amazon uh, producing revenue on there. So it's kind of ever, whatever business you're in. Um, I mean, even you could, you know, employees are considered assets, right? I mean, you have employees to help the business make money. So even their assets, they're in a sense income producing. So I think it can go a lot of different directions. Well, yeah, if they, if the employee was costing you more to pay them than they were producing, then that would not be an income producing asset. That'd be, that'd be a bad investment. (laughs) That's right. Which we we could do a whole other episode on that. Yeah. And, and so all those Uber drivers and Lyft drivers that hopefully are listening to us right now, you know, yeah, your car can be uh, an income producing asset, I suppose. So, well, it's a tool, you know, I I guess, I don't know if I consider like my laptop that I do work with to be an asset per se, but you have to have it. I I have to have it. It it, it is a tool and it is a write-off, but I don't know if it belongs in the asset column on my, uh, on my balance sheet. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's a a topic for discussion. I guess the the big point I wanted to make, because, and obviously this is what's sparking the correction I'm going to make on our net worth sheet, because again, I modeled that after a um, personal financial statement from that banks give you because you know, it's pretty common form. It's got categories like furniture and clothing on it, and I, that needs to go away. So I apologize to anybody who's been using our sheet. Um, I, I hope that that hasn't led you to build a clothing collection. Um, I think that would be a poor <laughs> investment vehicle, not one that wealth watchers would advocate. Yeah, and I, I think it's okay, but again, I think it's mindset. You know. Absolutely. Um, so obviously this is all kind of stemming back to, you know, an earlier conversation we had, um, you know, and it, it's, it's been the word of the year, which is legacy. Um, one that you and I have really latched onto this year. We were talking about it with Chris Bellow on his podcast a couple of weeks back on the entrepreneur motivation podcast. Um, and, you know, it's really been on my mind, of course, about building that familial generational wealth. And, you know, so that's, I guess, what's got me looking at the net worth sheet and reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad again and making sure that I'm instilling my kids with the right values, you know, building a a really great vehicle for our family going forward. Um, You know, I I guess it's, you know, when we're looking at familial wealth, um, that net worth is a key component of it, too. So we really need to make sure that we're focused on the right things, on those income producing assets, avoiding those liabilities, the ones that are maybe masquerading as assets. Um, and then, of course, instilling in our kids, um, you know, these values from an early age, because, you know, there's a lot of pull in this country to get drawn into that consumer mindset. And, you know, a lot of people trying to convince you that those are good decisions to make, you know, good financial decisions. Yeah. And a lot of that's the here and now, right? What makes you feel good right now? Um, but it might not be the best for you and your family in the future. So um, making sure you're thinking straight and is is it a good idea, you know, in terms of buying something or, or grabbing onto something for the house or the car or whatever it is? Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's we've had these conversations ourselves before, and I know that we're both big on imparting as much wisdom as we can into our kids, you know, while they're young. And I've got to say, like, you know, especially talking with with, you know, yours, you know, they're I think Sydney's leaps and bounds above a lot of kids her age, you know, about that mindset around money and, you know, business and such. But, uh, you know, what are you doing to to help shape them with that right mindset? Well, it's it's funny. I've got a little story about that real quick. And. And uh, Sydney comes up to me yesterday and she was really upset. She's carrying a bag of, of um, uh, jerky that 
she had bought with her own money, which I didn't know. So I had a piece and she, she says, dad, did you have any of this? And I told her, yeah, I had a piece of it, you know? And she's like, well, how big a piece? Right. And she's like, so she's like, well, there's not as much in here. And I was wondering who took it. I spent my own money on it, $4 or whatever she spent. And now you took the equivalent of 50 cents and, and whatever. I mean, it's a, it's an estimate there, but point is she's like looking at every little piece in that bag and how much the value is. And I really can appreciate that because that carries on to the bigger items in life. Right. And she was very upset that I had like basically stolen from her and what the value was. Um, so to answer your question, you know, I think that I try to instill that what, what is it worth attitude? And we've done that with toys. Uh, we give them an allowance. They go in, go out and spend money uh, on items, you know, and, and really like, it's fun. They'll, they'll be in the aisle and picking out what can they get with a certain amount of money. And it's their money. They can spend it how they want, but then you'll see like, well, I don't want to spend it all. So I can get this for this much money. Now I can save some for later. And, um, and just also that saving attitude. Um, of course, investing is a big thing, but saving for kids, I think is really the start. And, um, and we went the other day and they each put all of their money into the bank that they had. And, um, and they had accrued kind of a lot over the last few months because of their allowance and they haven't been spending it. So, um, yeah, saving it, knowing what they're doing with it and just watching their money. Yeah. You know, I've got a funny story to share too. So, um, this last weekend, you know, Gigi was hanging around and, you know, wanted to go set up a lemonade stand. She's done it before, you know, she's brought in a couple dollars, but uh, we never really held her accountable to her business expenses. Um, I think I pretty quick torpedoed it for her. <laughs> so uh, if she, when she hears this, I'll have to say sorry in advance, but uh, you know, trying to give her the right tools because she gets the lemon, the lemon juice out and she gets the sugar out and she's getting ready to make it. And I said, that's great, but how much of that lemon juice are you going to use? And she goes, well, probably half the bottle. I said, well, do you know what that bottle costs? She says, no. So we turned to her mom and she says, well, $5. Okay. So you're going to use two fifty dollars worth of lemon juice. How much sugar are you going to use? You know, we determined it was probably going to be about $2 worth, right? And then that was going to make her first batch. And I said, well, now, you know, you've got four fifty dollars in supplies. How much are you going to sell your lemonade for? Well, 50 cents a glass. Okay. So we're doing this. And we, we came to find out that that batch was going to net her about $2 when she got all done with it. If she sold every glass of lemonade in it, didn't drink her profits or didn't maybe sell, you know, maybe sell one <laughs> or two and then have the rest go to waste. I said, you know, then you'd be at a loss. She was totally defeated, you know, but it was, and maybe that was a tough thing, but at the same time, I'm also trying to teach the right lessons. So we sat down and had an exercise talking about what people would want, right? Like, you know, find, finding a product people to want that rather than try to, you know, just cram it down their throats what they should want. And, and you know, we've had great conversations with the kids in the past about, you know, saving their money, investing. And, you know, I love like Avi, you know, seven years old now, he'll come up to me and tell me he wants to invest his money and he has no idea what that means. You know, he's yeah. just parroting things he's heard us say, but at least we're, we're, we're laying that foundation. That's great. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, you know, my kids have not played it. I've played it, but your kids, uh, have, and, and that's the cash flow game. Um, talk about that real quick. Yeah. Oh, well, so the cash flow game, um, love that one. Obviously it's another Kiyosaki product. I mean, I swear we, we promote the guy so much he should be paying for advertising in our show. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, yeah, his you know he's got he started with an adult version of the game, and you know you you get stuck in the rat race. You start off with a job, you start off with you know a certain amount of debt, you know bills that you have to pay every month, and you keep playing the game. And as you go, you have opportunities to invest. You sometimes get caught taking on expenses, which really get frustrating when you end up with a credit card payment you didn't want because all of a sudden apparently you decided to buy shoes, you know, and and it just it just keeps going and going. But the the goal is to hit that point where your passive income exceeds your liabilities, your, your monthly debts. And that's when you exit the rat race. So you can, you know, then, then at that point you're financially free. Um, well, he made a cash flow for kids. So, you know, it definitely speaks to their level. It's a little more simplified. It's a little more fun to play a little more colorful. Um, and our kids love it. They've been through it a couple of times now they they get the concepts. They understand that when they get the, the red circles, which are the, you know, the, the monthly liabilities that that's bad. And that when they get the green triangles, that's their passive income. That's good. And it's easy for them to visually see what that looks like. So that's a great one. We're going to have to have a family game night and get all our kids involved in that. Yeah, we've talked about it, but it seems like we can never get past our own business. So, okay. <laughs> we well, shut it down. That, that's on us to schedule that. So we're going to make <laughs> that happen. That's right. All right. Well, right on. So, that the main point today was obviously to get on here and just make sure that, you know, like I said, I, I, re, I learn new things every time I reread a book. And that was kind of my big aha for me is that just make sure that when we're working on that net worth sheet, you know, when you go download it from our site, you know, I'll have it updated here in the next week. Um, that we're really focusing on the income producing assets, you know, or at least the things that are going to appreciate. So again, maybe like gold and precious metals, for example, aren't producing income, but the things that are appreciating, you know, so those things that are, are going to build wealth for you someday or income for you now so that you can get out of the rat race yourself. That's right. And I, I think that's everyone's goal. Absolutely. Well, that was a quickie, but uh, thanks for checking in with me, Justin. It was a lot of fun having this conversation. All right. My pleasure. This has been another episode of the Wealth Watchers Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lundy, from my co-host, Justin Hoggett, and I. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. Until next time. This has been the Wealth Watchers Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about Wealth Watchers and our parent company, Happy Camper Capital, please visit happycampercapital.com.